Hey guys, Joe here, the man who knows to call it the big mountain instead of the big empty. And no, I'm not balding. Uh, I'm just trying to be a little festive. <laughs> it is December, you know, holiday season. And, uh, you know, why not? But enough of that. I'm here to talk about UFC Fight Night Orlando, which honestly had an insane fight of the year candidate going on. So enough talk. Let's get to the fights. Because our main event, welterweight matchup between Kevin Trailblazer Holland versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And so everyone's claiming this is like a big fight of the year, a late fight of the year candidate. And so out the gate, though, I'm going to go ahead and deduct points. So I, w I thought I was told Jack Black was going to be in the corner, or not in the corner, but in the entrance for Wonderboy. <sighs> tisk tisk. You know, don't worry, think about it. This is a big downvote for me. I like Jack Black. I think he's a really cool dude, a real good personality. Downvote. Yeah, hard downvote here. Um, maybe this fight actually sucked. Now, in all seriousness, though, this was a crazy, crazy fight. Uh, it, it had that kind of, you know, you know the stories of uh, Stephen Bonner, Forrest Griffin, and I'm not saying it's on that level, but the stories were like, everybody's calling everybody, like, you guys gotta watch this fight, these guys are killing each other, uh, you know, calling friends up. I kind of had that in the second round, I was texting my roommate. And he's my best friend as well. And I was like, dude, you got to come out. You got to gotta watch this. Hold on, hold on. Come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. And, uh, you know, we got to watch it together or watch the rest of it together. Insane fight. So first round, definitely a Holland round. Holland's using some good kicks to the leg, something that I think works really well against Wonder Boys, kicking his legs and body and just landing good kicks to the legs, threatening the legs. And it's allowing him to kind of open up his hands more where he can land these big bombs to the head. He hurt him a couple times. Really, really good round, uh, even though Wonderboy is landing great shots. Both these guys are honestly, the entire fight, just kind of landing clean shots back and forth. Really interesting striking matchup, but Holland, with his power, took the first round. Second round, it's a Wonderboy round. Easy, super clean round for him. Great spinning kicks, good head kicks. He was attacking the head, attacking low. Um, and something I'll bring up, I'll talk about it more at length later on, but there was one, like, accidental ground exchange and uh holland actually let wonderboy back up potentially a bad call because he could have won the round i think if he just stayed on top and you know instead here comes uh wonderboy just kind of cruising and not even cruising they're both landing good shots and holland is swinging like crazy still even though he is just getting lit up in the striking a uh, great round for wonderboy third round definitely more the same but it's getting more and more dominant and like and he had a, a really awesome, like, I was, what, I'm trying to think what it's called, a scissor kick. He had a scissor kick attempt where he threw out his lead leg and then came and, like, switched it over for, uh, like, a jumping roundhouse with his left leg. It's like a scissor kick is what I always want to call it. Super awesome. Super cool. Um, just a really dominant round. And it shows off this awesome striking of Wonder Boy. And Kevin Holland, once again, taking all these shots on the chin still going forward, still throwing back. He, he landed a really good knee in the third round, if I remember correctly. That was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, so it, it's still, it was so on the edge of your seat because Wonder Boy's just landing all these great combinations. Then Holland would land something and you go, dude, if he puts it together though, that one clean shot is all it takes. And it was so awesome. Fourth round, or I, I want to add this, at the end of the third round, you can definitely tell something's wrong with Holland. He isn't throwing the right hand as much anymore. Fourth round though, 
even more of a lead for Wonder Boy. Nasty, nasty liver kicks. Uh, one of them I thought was going to get the finish. Um, just super dominant, just pounding on him, letting it rip. Uh, good hook kicks, triple like you know to quote you know uh, a song, triple spinning kicks, side kicks, and hook kicks. Um, but you know he wasn't coming the chilla with the Mastakilla. You know he was just bombing on Kevin Holland instead. Crazy spinning heel kick landed, and it was just, <laughs> it was he landed like three of them honestly. But there was one they showed in the replay, and I was like, yeah, that's the one. Heel lands perfectly, clean. It was awesome. Um, it, I, what it, it reminded me kind of of like Marvin Vittori taking shots from Paulo Costa and all of us going what is this guy's chin what um nuts nuts toughness and heart from Kevin Holland here uh because he, he's just not giving up that chin had to be made of titanium he's not giving up he's still swinging still going he does get dropped at the end of the round and nearly swarmed and finished at the end of it you know so let's go to the corner and the corner throws in the towel no moss uh, Kevin Holland's hand is broken. It might have been broken from the kicks. It might have been broken because he hit like the, the forehead or something, um, the top of the head maybe. But I, I'm I'm gonna guess it's from the kicks. Who knows? Um, you know, I wasn't in there. I wasn't the one that broke my hand. So kind of hard to specify. So here's the thing of note though is that lack of grappling commitment. Uh, Kevin Holland got top position twice. Once in the second round. Once in the third round. And he just stood up. Stood up. And he was like, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm not wrestling you." Uh, where he definitely had the advantage. He's he's got a great jiu-jitsu game. Admittingly, he's got a really solid jiu-jitsu game. Off his back, he's not super impressive, especially at middleweight because the guys were just so much bigger and stronger than him. But at welterweight, it looks like it's really good. Obviously, with the Hamzat fight, like it, it doesn't matter. Hamzat's gonna do that to everybody. It feels like. Um, so, I was really curious why he didn't just like take top position, probably get a finish. He wanted to stand up and bang and put on an entertaining fight. Make that money, I guess, you know, for that fight of the night bonus. Sure. Um, but I definitely see it rub. I, I've been seeing it rub people the wrong way. And I understand that. Um, it's kind of frustrating when a fighter can just kind of win, potentially, in their wheelhouse. And they don't do it. You know? It'd be like the equivalent of, like, Damian Maya just try, not never attempting a takedown or a grappling exchange, in a sense. Like, you, you, you're going to be frustrated whenever you don't take the easiest route to victory. In a sense, um, I'm not saying that Kevin Holland's Damian Maya on the ground. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. I, so I understand. I understand a lot of the frustrations there. Um, but that being said, it's a great fight. It was a really, really, really good, entertaining fight, and I, I love the corner calling it. That should be normalized. There should. I know there's a big stigma against it. There shouldn't be. So, what's the co-main event, though? Another welterweight scrap. RDA versus Brian Barberina. Now, the fan in me, I like both guys. I really like both guys. RDA is an awesome, super awesome fighter. Uh, a, like an unheralded legend, in a sense. And Barberina is just so much fun. He is so entertaining. If you haven't seen his Vicente Luque fight, go check it out. Um, so, I was kind of wanting a stand-up affair. I was really curious to see if, like, Barberina could make RDA wilt under that pressure. Because... RDA is very good at pressure himself and at evading pressure with shoulder rolls. So I was very, very interested in that. Instead, RDA just took him to the ground, which is fair because he has a massive advantage in that category. And he just cruised to an easy win. First round, he nearly got an arm triangle choke. I thought it was already over. Um, he couldn't quite get it. The cage 
was in the way to like stop him from hopping over the side to get to the opposite end to just lay down the squeeze. But you know it is what it is. Second round, because uh, Barbarina does survive the first round. Second round, uh, some striking like in tight like in a phone booth, but then just another really good outside trip for RDA. RDA gets this outside trip, takes the back eventually, rear naked choke, it's done. Then he calls out Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor looks like he's going to be fighting at 205. That dude looks like if when I know when the fact that people saw the Liver King and were like that guy's on steroids, what? I, you know, I look at Conor and I go, oh, that is a face ruined by drink and a body ruined by steroids. He is juiced to the gills, so that could be a 185 pound fight for RDA. <laughs> But I know he wants that fight. He's been asking for it for years, ever since the foot injury caused him to not get it years ago. So, I understand. It was like, I think it was like 198, 197 that he had to pull out of. It was the Nate Diaz one Connor fight. So, um, he had to pull out for a foot injury. I know he's been wanting that fight ever since. So, you know, okay, I see it. And I don't want Connor fighting anyone who's, like, contending for a title. Um... Maybe I do. Maybe he'll just get beat. That'd be really entertaining for me. Anyways, <laughs> I, I can see this being a good fight. Um, so next up, we had Matt Schnell versus, I'm going to butcher this name, and I apologize. I need to learn how to say it. Uh, Mateus Nikolai. This was a really great, evasive, counter-striking performance by Nikolai. The fans are really feeling it. I was feeling it. He's circling well. Every time Schnell comes in with like punches like this, kind of working his hands, uh, no head movement whatsoever, Nikolai... Off-center, lands a shot. Off-center, lands a shot. Or the one that he dropped him in the first round with is he steps back and kind of switches stances like he's taking a step back with his lead leg and then uses the shift to land a very nice, now rear left hand, overhand left. Very impressive striking, very smooth, very cool. Something we expect from flyweights because flyweight is awesome. We all know that. Uh, it might doesn't get all the love, but it's awesome. And in the third round, or sorry, excuse me, the second round, he landed this, like, really awesome, like, overhand right Chuck Liddell style into, like, a left hook as Schnell was dropping to the mat and just turtling up, just pounding on him, and it's over. Call it a day. Um, really good performance, and I know Sh I know Schnell is super fun. His last fight is a banger and potentially another fight of the year candidate. Um, but, man, uh, he really needs to add some head movement to his striking game, I think, because he's kind of a sitting duck there when he's stepping in off offensively, just kind of trotting in, like moving in. He moves in well. He's throwing punches, and his head is just on the center line. Reminds me of like Rashad Evans back in the day, which is a, a good way he got caught by Machida. Next, for the big thing I'll spend some like special time on, is uh, Sergei Pavlovich versus Taitui Vasa. Pavlovich looks clean out there. Clean, dangerous, and it's, this is another super quick KO finish. Of another beloved knockout artist. First Derek Lewis, now tied to Ivasa. Put this guy in title contention. I saw people clamoring for, you know what? We know John Jones ain't showing up. Let's do Pavlovich in Ganu, and then Blades can still be the replacement. That's a little much, but I like the idea. I think Pavlovich Cyril Gan sounds like a lot of fun. Let's hook it up. You know, I'm, I'm so in. I'm, I'm so in on this guy now. Uh, very clean boxing. I'm um, not. You know, it's very clean for a heavyweight, I should say. But um, it's not like... It's a clean, if it was a, a bantamweight, it wouldn't be very good. It wouldn't be the best hands in the world. But at heavyweight, it looks really good. So I, I'm all in on this Pavlovich train. Let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going with it. But what about the rest of the card? Well, there's a lot to happen on this card. First one I'm going to talk uh, real quick, going to go over, is uh, Roman Delozzi. I God, I'm going to butcher this name today. 
Uh, but he had this really crazy calf crusher on Jack Hermanson and then, like, rolled him over, kept the crap, uh, rolled over Jack Hermanson to Jack Hermanson's belly, belly down, and still has the calf crusher and is just landing shots from, like, a modified back mount for a TKO win. Super, super impressive and just awfully painful to look at. Eric Anders had a really good second round win over a TKO win over Kyle Dawkins. You know, a terrible nickname, but he's actually pretty solid. Very, one of the few guys that gets by nowadays almost on pure athleticism alone. So, you know, it's kind of something worth mentioning, I feel like. Phil Rowe, Nico Price, good sloppy fun, good Nico Price fight. Um, Rowe looked really good. Rowe got a third round finish. I thought Rowe looked really, really good. Nico Price was coming out aggressive in that third round, and he just kind of went, none of that, put him out. Uh, Jonathan Pierce looked like he was about to commit a serious crime against Darren Elkins. He was just beating him down, and they never stopped it. Just tons of blood flying everywhere, and this was really gross. Some blo- a lot of blood apparently got in Jonathan Pierce's mouth, and it caused him to puke in a bucket in between corner or in between rounds at his corner. Disgusting, and I kind of like it. I don't know that sick, violent streak in my brain. Oh, love it. <laughs> well, that's it for me, though. You know, obviously, I can go on and on and on about this card. It was a very good card. We all knew it would kind of be. Um, but you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I'll be here next week. I'll be here next week to recap next week's pay-per-view. And you hold on. It's a pay-per-view week, though. Pay-per-view week means a retro review. And this time, we're going to be looking at a classic pay-per-view, UFC 47, the first ever meeting between Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. The first of their two meetings. Of their two meetings. Two meetings. Anyways, um, <laughs> and uh, if you really want to see me not have the power of hindsight at my hand like I have on these recaps, go and check out the preview show. Me and Carl, we broke down next week's pay-per-view. We made predictions. You know, you can actually call me out for uh, me being so wrong. But anyways, I'm Joe with the INC. Thank you for watching.